Next, I'd like to introduce. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. The brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, I'm medium, old? On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey! Oh! Now, I have to tell you, good afternoon. This is Daniel Baldwin <laughs> with Josh, Josh, and Larry. Ah, oh, Lawrence. Larry. Uh, so, I, I have to tell you that I was scolded. My wife now uh, has figured out how to turn the radio on in the kitchen oh. and listen to the show. Oh, when you said that she wanted the TV for... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. I've got I've got more news. Extracurricular activities. She, she uses the TV for extracurricular activities, some of which I'm not involved in. I'm finding out now. So, Larry sent Larry over his sweat. DVD. Larry's Larry sent his DVD over. <laughs> Hello, Robin. <laughs> so, um, I fall asleep. This is classic. I fall asleep during the game. I'm very, very tired. It was five hours and 17 minutes. Right. You're allowed so, to fall asleep. So I'm very, very tired. I wake up to Robin sitting up, watching the game wow. in bed in the room. Robin watching. Can't have a TV. Can't have sports in the, in the, the room. This is the second time she's done this. Second time watching the game, Robin. I think she's like a, a closet like athlete. Sports enthusiast. Hound. Yeah, I so think she's into it. I think you got her into it now. Yeah, I think so. I think she might she might have bit the nail. The Daniel Baldwin Show is live. You can, of course, get involved easily. ESPN Syracuse on Twitter, 315-4ESPN44. That's 437-7644. And, of course, the text line is open, 2880644, directly right here into the studio. And as long as we're starting with baseball, let's talk that game last night. I mean... What, what was it? Was a marathon. It was a marathon. Thirteen to twelve in ten innings. The Astros take a three-two lead in what can only be called a classic pitcher's duel. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the ball is dancing out of the park. Is twenty-one home runs. Twenty-one. Uh, not last night, but in total, twenty-one home runs in the in series. the World Series. Yeah, in five games. Yeah, it's a lot. That's insane. Larry, do you have any uh, uh, home run calls over there, Lawrence? He just closed him. Now he's getting mad at me. Larry! Larry! There he goes. And a 2-2 and a changeup swung on and grounded into center field for a base hit. Can you believe it? Taylor grounds the ball up the middle, scoring Barnes, and the Dodgers have tied it at 12. That's a 12 tall tie, not a home run, but we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it, Lawrence. Very close, Larry. Very close. <laughs> Here he goes. Oh, he's got one. He's got one. He's a swing and a high fly ball. McCann has given it a ride, and it is gone. The fifth home run of the night for the Astros, and it is 12 to 9. He pulls up an insignificant home run. He's, right? no, he's got him. He's got him. He's, he got listen, him? he's got a lot Where's of audio Larry? over here. What's on Larry this going one? on? Larry, well, you got him all wound up talking he about your wife Larry. in the bedroom. And he was. Larry. He a, well, show that home run, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the footage, Larry. Larry. Go to the tape. I know you got the phones. Oh, what do you got? Switch. You got one more here? And the pitch. 
And a swing and a base hit into left field. Fisher around third. Ethier's throw to the plate. Not in time. Rankman drives in the winning run in the bottom of the 10th inning. And the Astros win it 13 to 12 to take a 3 to 2 lead in the World Series. What what a game. What so many little things to discuss just about this series and last night's game. You know, it was it was uh it started off strange. Coochie takes the hill. He couldn't find his great stuff. He was, you know, he he was falling behind the count. And 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 that's a significant thing to understand when either pitcher when, when a pitcher falls behind the count especially after he's given up a walk. He knows he cannot serve up a second walk. He knows in a game where 21 home runs are being hit in five games, you know that one bad pitch after that means you're down three runs. So when a batter is, behind, is ahead in the, in, the, uh, in the count, and he's now he knows at 3-1, you know, three balls and one strike, there's a fastball coming or something that's definitely going to be not disputable. It's going to be a strike, and he's sitting on that pitch. And there was a lot of that going on. Uh, later on in the fourth inning, it was Kershey who had the same problem. He he couldn't find the strike zone. He wasn't throwing his best stuff. He was actually a little bit wild, and he fell behind in the count. And they took advantage of him, and they beat him up. He, he, it was his game with the way he was pitching you know, uh, uh, to win, and then he just fell apart. And then when you go to either one of these bullpens right now, it's anything can happen. I mean, they're bringing starters in to pitch for two batters. Or they're all over the place. And, the, and, and there was an interesting thing said during the game where they pulled one pitcher – because they said, you know what, we might need to save him in case we need him for a couple innings in Game 7. I mean, they're already thinking that many games down the road now with how many pitches are being thrown. I think it was 32 pitches thrown by uh, by uh, uh, Coochie in the first inning, and he gave up three runs. Really not like him at all to, to be that you know erratic with the zone and and, uh, and not be in command of the game. And to fall behind 3 nothing in, in this series really means nothing anymore, does it? I mean, no. 13 to 12. This is like a bad football game. It's gone. It went, it went late. And coming off the text line, tying that in, 315-288-0644. Daniel, did you stay up for the whole game? Did these games go too late? Well, you know, when, when they're scoring that many runs and they go into an extra inning, you know, you, you're you're talking about a game that's longer than it should be anyway. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think we went from the first game, which was the fastest or one of the fastest games in like over two a decade. Like two and a half hours yeah, or something so, like I mean, that, yeah. I mean, it, certainly it's more exciting to watch these. This is like watching a home run derby. Yes. You know, when they pile it up. So uh, if I had to pick, you know, when people say it was a classic pitching duel and a 1-0 game, I, I don't want to watch that game. Mm-hmm. I want to watch 13-12. to 12 Yeah. And the lead exchange hands five times, and that's much more exciting to me. So. Did you see Jose Canseco's tweet? No, what did he say? <laughs> Let me find it for you. I don't want to paraphrase. Jose Canseco said, the, the balls in my pants have less juice in them than the balls in this game. Wow. Do you think the balls are juiced? Are they wound tighter or something? I I have a theory all the way back from the – because when you look at how the home run just jumped and dominated was after the 94-95 strike season. So baseball took a hit. It went on another strike. Uh, Viewership was down. People were really getting sick of it, you know, that they went on strike again. And next thing you know, the next season we have the 70 home run Sammy Sosa – um, Mark McGuire contest, you know, shattering the the old Roger Maris record, yeah, and and you know, fifty home runs used to be an iconic thing. You know, if someone hit fifty, and it was one guy a season, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, and that didn't even happen every year. 
Now, you know, I think they wound the ball a little bit tighter. And they have done a lot of things in baseball to make it so that, you know, the, if you look at the old Yankee Stadium to the next Yankee Stadium, to the, you know, the porches are even shorter. Center field was like 500 and something feet back in the days when Babe Ruth played. And the ball wasn't as hard and the equipment wasn't as good. You know, I remember watching Jack Nicklaus one time. Uh, I was at uh, uh, the Volvo Masters in, in Kron, Montana, Switzerland. And he took out a persimmon driver and, a, and an old golf ball he used to have. I had a sleeve of these balls, and he, he had, you know, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, Corey Pavin or one of these other guys that was a, a pretty much a stud of the game at the time. And he said, go ahead and hit this. And he took up the driver Jack won the Masters was, and he couldn't hit the thing 250 yards. He couldn't hit the ball 250 yards. Yeah. He said, now you go play the courses that are the same courses that we played at Augusta at. He said, and you go ahead and try to play with a ball that reacts this way in a club that only hits it that far, and let's see you shoot seven under. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, really, it's an equipment thing is what you're saying, yeah. Well, well, there is. They, you know, the technology is greater. They've made clubs that strike the ball and send it further, and they've made balls that are hotter. And I believe that, to answer your question, yes, the ball is probably wound, and it's some secret, sacred Coca-Cola formula that's done in Cooperstown somewhere in a vault and no one knows. Well, yeah, well, you know what? The next year... 30, 30% more. And it's not just the big guys that hit the home run. Look at the guys that average 7, 8, 9, 10 home runs a, a season for their career. And in 96, 97, 98, shortstops were hitting 25. Mm-hmm. 25 home runs from your shortstop. You know I mean? So something changed. There's an article on sportsillustrator.com, si.com right now, uh, comparing the balls that they're using in this series as to previous ones, and they're slicker, meaning the leather grain that's on them isn't as kind of porous or ha- have as much touch to it, I guess, as the current ones. They're slicker, and they're claiming pitchers can't get the same throws because the balls are a little slicker, and that might be leading a little bit towards the the home run contest. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if the slickness of the ball, I mean, uh, so in other words, what you're alluding to is that the ball can't be thrown as effectively. I would I would argue that because, you know, even, you bring up two things when I look at uh, – this day in sports, mm-hmm. which I looked up a couple of things, and on this day in sports, in 1919, baseball league presidents called for the abolishment of the spitball. 1919. 1919. Larry was the, just a boy. The then. baseball presidents <laughs> called for an abolishment of the spitball, putting at least 12 establishments in Vegas out of business. Wow. What did the spitball do? Did it, Larry? <laughs> Larry just got it. He's loving it. Larry got it late, but he's, it, he's home. He brought it home. Did it come off your hand in a different way? Did it come off the bat in a different way? You know, I, I, I'm i imagining that it, it allowed it to slick off the bat. Like you're saying, the slickness of it. Mm-hmm. Something, something it skidded off the bat or whatever. In 74, California Angel Nolan Ryan throws the fastest recorded pitch at 100.9 miles an hour. Now, that's in 1974. So you ended up looking up seeing that six or seven guys or 11 guys or something. 11 threw, guys. 11 this, guys yeah. in 2016 threw the ball recorded at 100 miles an hour. In 74, one guy did it for the first time. Right. And, and this wasn't every pitch. This was like once right. in a while we'll one get guy, over well, Same thing for Nolan. Yeah, I think yeah. he clocked one up and, and gunned it at, at 100 miles plus an hour. So with that said, there's now 11 guys in one season that threw it at 100 and no one's really talking about it. So the milestone is what it is. They regularly throw 98, 99, and 100, and there's a bunch of them that do it. So I would go back to your statement and say, really, the ball's slicker and the pitchers don't throw it as effectively? I think the pitchers on average are better now than they were back then, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think they are, especially the gas they have. I mean, they could just chuck it now. And these players can hit. Well, just... the distance between the mound and the plate yeah. is still the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing's coming at you at 100 miles an hour. Your reaction time is like half a second, 
by the time it leaves his hand and you have to decide whether to swing and ready, release, swing. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, right. You know, there's not, if that thing's spinning and curving or moving somewhere, God, good luck. And I'm not a, 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 in baseball deep enough to understand uh, this language, but they say that Verlander is having trouble throwing sliders. The sliders aren't, they're kind of dying across the plate, which is why you can hit them. All the pitchers are having that problem with right. that pitch specifically. Again, I'm not a pitcher. I don't know anything about that. But oh, that's I see. The so, so, the, the, so they slick the ball up so that the breaking pitch doesn't. Well, I know, I know the amount that the uh, the seams uh, are risen off the ball can be a dramatic uh, effect because mm-hmm. you dig your fingers into those seams depending on what pitch you're throwing. Mm-hmm. So, and that creates that it's the seam that creates when you spin the ball that it sends the ball in a, in, a, in a sink or a slide or a curve, whatever it is. And it's how you you snap your wrist when you throw that pitch. So, uh, yes, maybe. And, you, know, uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I would imagine that you would have to make the laces not as risen, too. So the slickness of the ball. It's a weird thing. Like, we're trying to find, is it a conspiracy? Are they doing this to get ratings? Are these guys just hitting? they got bigger bats now. They're huge arms. They're, they're hitting dingers. There can never be anything wrong with slick balls. There can never <laughs> be anything wrong with it. Larry agrees. I'm going to go on record and say that right now. Larry really, agrees. I really am. I am. I want to. Say, I want your text messages right now on what could be wrong with slick balls. Not a single thing. Well, let no. me get my first group of spots here. We still got a couple more things to talk about okay. as far as last night's game goes, and I do have some texts coming in. So listen, uh, you know how to get involved. Three one five two eight eight zero six four four, and of course the phones are open for. ESPN 44. You're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Sunday, the Giants are at home against the LA Rams. Pre-game at noon, Big Blue plays here. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is a special presentation, the Daniel Baldwin Show. Welcome back. Mm. And we are still talking baseball. We got Game Six coming up, and you know, I mean, I, I got the feeling watching Five that you really never felt safe. You know, no, they, nobody looked really down. I mean, they scored runs in such clusters that I never saw people really feel you know that look of that dejected look when the cameras would show the dugout when they'd be down. I give a home run, they'd be down by three, and they kind of looked. All right, let's go. We're gonna stroke of the bat. Let's go. And then they would get four runs. I mean, it, it flip flopped by huge chunks. Yeah, it was crazy. Was crazy, but Game Six, uh, you know, I, Verlander. I I can't imagine against uh, against Rich. Rich. <laughs> you like that, Larry? What that's what I'm gonna call him now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Verlander to close it out mm-hmm. in L.A. Game Six. It's over. It's done in six. Done. Doesn't go seven. Doesn't go. Didn't the great one de- declare the, the, seven last week? No, I think the great one declared six last mm. week. The great one will stick with his pick. I'll have to go to the tape. Yeah. I think that it's uh, it's been a pretty enjoyable series, has it not? We were worried about Yankees. We wanted Yankees-Dodgers. Yankees-Dodgers did not happen. We got Astros-Dodgers. But it still has held our attention, has it not? I- I'm going to go with the karmatic thing. And when I say that, I mean I think as far as who needs as a city – something to really look up to and something to have fun with and a break, it's Houston. Mm -hmm. And that's why I picked them in the beginning. It had nothing to do with who was better in baseball or, you know, any of that. Because really, to determine who's better, they should play 100 games, you know, like they do in the season. Because, I mean, a race to four is 
really not justice, I don't think, when you play a 180-game schedule. So, But uh, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say Houston wins it in six, and it's over. Well, ratings are up. They uh, demolished Sunday night football last night. Uh, 63, hold on, the number, I had them, 23.6 million viewers watched last night's game. So, good amount of people. Now, I wonder, though, of that number of people that watched, how many were watching up to, like, the sixth inning? Because it got to be so late on the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, I it went until 1.30 people, in the morning. Yeah, I wonder how many people hung in there and watched the whole thing. Not many. People I've heard from were saying, yeah, I went to bed. Well, especially when they went up 11-7. You know mm-hmm. I, mean? I think everyone thought it was over then. And as I was turning the TV off going, you know what, the great thing about it now is I can catch the whole game later on. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to, and I did, I watched what I missed, and I just couldn't believe again, you know, tied it up again. The fact that that thing, when I looked at the score in the morning and saw the score and that it went 10 innings, I was like, wow, man. And then people are saying it's one of the greatest games they've ever seen. You know, and it really, it really you know, as far as the seesaw part of it, going back and forth. It wasn't like somebody went up 10-2 and then they slowly... Go. It has it went, not been a runaway series. No, it went back and forth, back and forth. I mean, how many lead exchanges were there? It had to be four, you know, last night. So it should be fun. It should be fun. I, but, but what's going to be really interesting is to see that Verlander throws a two-hitter and it's like a one-nothing squeaker. Yeah. You know, which they're due for a game like that. They're due for a game like that. The run production has been ridiculous. Last night, Sunday Night Football was Steelers-Lions. Did you catch any of that? You know... I really didn't catch any Steelers mm-hmm. lines. Does anyone care? I had buddies who were Steelers fans saying they'd rather watch the World Series. I mean, that game was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you watched the Steelers-Lions game and then found out what happened in this game, you'd have been very upset that you watched the Steelers-Lions game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you would have missed some action. We got a big one going tonight, though. We got a big one tonight. Tonight we are looking at uh, the Broncos in Kansas City. Kansas City, seven-point favorites in that game. The great one will have a prediction in this game. Later. Yeah? He does. He has a feeling. He threw the dust, and he has a feeling. Kansas City, five and two. Kansas City, five and two. I mean, there isn't a coach that deserves to have a winning playoff run than Andy Reid. I mean, he's just one of the nicest guys. He put up with all those years in Philly, you know, and, that, and, and, and the teams that he did the best he could. You know, and and, uh, and a very very tough city to not be successful in. They're 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 a tough fan down there. So uh, you know, good, God bless him, man. I'm very happy for Andy. I hope he goes all the way and wins the Super Bowl. I think that would be great. I think what we can do too is uh, looking forward to this weekend here um, as we talk NFL now, but college football in total kind of upheaval right now. And I don't know where you want to start as we go into. Uh, I don't want to throw too much at people at once, but uh, you are listening to Daniel Baldwin Show. We are talking uh, NFL. Coming off NFL, going back to college as SU finally gets a game this weekend, and we look forward to uh, Florida State. We've got Florida State, and Florida State is real. I, I don't think in my entire lifetime I can remember as bad a year for Florida State as I've They're having a terrible year. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If, if Syracuse puts the wood to them, and I mean – Boston College beats them thirty-five to three. Yeah. Now, granted, they were on the road, but BC thirty-five to three. And here's a question for all of us Syracuse fans, and that is: Are we overlooking? And you and I have both discussed already. We have to win the BC game. We have to win the Wake game. That's a given because we just came off of beating Clemson. And the really, the real truth that is. If Boston College hands a thirty-five to three victory over Florida State, even though they're struggling. 
maybe we're overlooking Boston College a little bit. Maybe I know we're home, but let's not underrate them as much. They're five and two, and they they're actually playing pretty good football right now. Maybe it's Florida State that's the team that we're going to roll over right now. Right. It's the question and, is 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 Florida State that bad or is BC that good? Or somewhere in between, somewhere in between. because you know we've proven that you know if we're not firing on all eight cylinders, we can lose to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. You know, and I think we've gotten through that part of the program now. You know that where we're we're accepting our responsibilities on the field, and we know our assignments and everything. So I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I think we may be underestimating how good Boston College is. Boston College is bowl bound with one more victory, so you know. They're putting their nose to the grindstone to get into the, uh, you know, he's a risen bowl on Easter Sunday. That's right. <laughs> so, so, so they want in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think Florida State is, uh, is in trouble, their whole program. And I will tell you this. If Syracuse beats Florida State on the road, which still I don't care what the record is, that's a hostile environment and a tough place to go. It's, a, you know, it's probably one of the longest trips besides Miami. Syracuse will take traveling, and traveling does matter. It does. It changes things. How long you're in the air and the airport and all the other nonsense and hotel rooms. Very, very different than if you're going to play some team that's just down the block like Boston College. That's a 30-minute flight. So there's that that aspect of it, although it's on a time zone change. Um, and, and then uh, if Florida State loses this game, in any way loses it, I would I would expect the coach will be fired. Yeah, at, he's already on cold. After the game. Yeah. I mean, if he loses to Syracuse, he's done. Because they're going to probably want to implement somebody who starts – and lets them know rather than at the end of the season. They're not going to tolerate. I mean, they've got a, dif- a difficult schedule. Um, so let's take a look, shall we? Yeah, so we can come back with that because I've got texts coming in where people want to comment on the uh, Florida State matchup coming up this Saturday. I want to hear what you have to say. We want to talk a little bit about uh, what were they doing Saturday. I mean, I'm yeah. not inside the uh, I'm not inside the center, but I know that you've you got two teams that you still got to play. Are you watching that game? Are you... Stuck to that TV and uh, and so much more. I've got yeah. some questions about what happened this weekend. Yeah, so we'll get into all of that coming up Let's right now. It. You know how to get involved. 288-0644. That's 315-288-0644. You are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. Did you miss In the Booth with Matt Park? Brian Estridge, voice of uh, TCU football and basketball. I look at Coach Babers. I think you got the right guy at Syracuse because I, I like how he came through Eastern Illinois. I like what he did uh, in the MAC, And now to put his program in place, I think once you get the right coach, then you get people emotionally invested. And that's when facilities show up. And that's when fans come back. In the Booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Syracuse football plays here. And into the end zone. Touchdown, Orange. ESPN AM 1200. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. That's special. It goes out to my wife, who says she's listening in the kitchen, and she hates the sound of my... It might be a little too much. Daniel, you're just... It's a lot. Wow, Larry beeping in. Thank you, Larry. You were saying... Let's go really quickly to Larry. Larry. Larry, so tell me about the Halloween party, big guy. Larry went to a Halloween party with us. Yeah. He did. He walked around. Yes. He, handed out, he handed out Necco wafers no, to all the, all the people. No, special treat. <laughs> I got to show you his costume. It was fantastic. Oh, please show me the costume. It was fantastic. Please show me the costume. Did you meet any women? No, uh, all of them. Oh, yeah? Uh, they all said no. No. Okay. And that was the end of that. 
Wow, Larry. Did you try striking up conversation with women? At no. the Halloween party? You didn't? No. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> We've known each other for a long time. <laughs> why not just like, why not? You're, it's a Halloween night. Why not have a little fun? Yeah, you can go in character, yeah. man. Yeah. No, I tried, but yeah. Vlad yeah. the Impaler. Swing and a miss. <laughs> I get what he's saying. Love well, Vlad. Um, yes. No, I'm just in character. I'm sorry about that impaling. Did you? <laughs> I think Kevin Spacey tried that today. Oh, Hello. too soon. Hello, Kevin. How are too you? Soon. What happens to, let's go off the subject. What happens Please. to, what happens to Kevin now? Kevin has decided, so some cat that's on, uh, um, I think, Star Trek, one of those shows, yeah. claims that Kevin Spacey uh, mounted him, uh, threw him down on a bed, and climbed on top of him while he was at a party at Kevin's apartment, and this guy was 14 years old at mm-hmm. the time. Now, this is many years ago. He's like in his 40s now. But now with uh, you know everything going on, with all these different claims going about Harvey Weinstein, this guy is now said to scarred him and really affected him, and so on and so forth. So Kevin Spacey initially, the first comments I saw were that you know if this happened, I apologize. I owe him an apology. I was obviously alcohol related. I was drunk, and so on. Which is an interesting defense because does that mean that Harvey Weinstein could say I was drunk, or, yeah, you or if a guy gets a DUI and kills someone, he really didn't kill him because he was drunk? So, yeah, I so, was drunk is not a defense. So now, now some just a couple hours later, a new uh, I don't want to say strategy, although. Strategy yeah. is that Kevin has said, "Well, I I used to have sex with men and women, and now I'm I'm just having sex with men." And I, he's kind of outing himself. He now. threw he threw a smoke bomb. He That's did. a distraction. Did, did he not? This is holy. Smoke. This is now not Harry Houdini. This is Harry Houdini. Oh, Harry Houdini. Larry, your sound. Keep. Oh, oh. Ha- Larry, I thought for sure we were, <laughs> you were going to go for that. Harry, Larry, Huini. Huh? You, yeah, like you, you want to keep your attention over here while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So uh, now, what's the statute of limitations? Of this? Is Kevin well, Spacey going to jail? Yeah, thanks to you, Daniel Baldwin, I had to Google statute of limitations on pedophiles. Okay. So that's in my history now. Because yeah, he's a minor, this would be a, a pedophile kind I of could Thank you, Larry, thank please. You, Larry. Not the time. Uh, <laughs> and I couldn't find I don't think there is statute of limitations. I think you can still be charged for I that. think you still be charged. So. Yeah. Did he? Uh, are there any details out yet? I mean, no, there... they'll still leak out, and and he's trying the... to he's trying to throw those smoke bombs and distract. Well, I'm trying everything. to put the shoe on the other foot. So if I go to a party and I pin down a 14 year old girl mm. and I hold her and I ask her to have sex with me and she wiggles her way out and gets out, am I not going to jail? For that? You're going to jail. You're going to jail. You're right? going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I, I I would imagine you can't just this... say I was drunk. No, 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 no. Right. I was drunk. So if it's true, I'm sure he's going to be in some trouble. Yeah. Well, I think he's. I think he's. He's gone at least the level now of saying he did it. I think he's oh. admitting he did it. So I don't know whether he's going to go with a, uh, with a drunk defense, a gay defense, no, some, or drunk and gay defense. Everything. But I think he's. I think. I mean, is he he's going to jail? Get, he's going to get. Is a his bottom. career over? Is he Harvey Weinstein? Mm, nah, he's not over. Is he Kevin Spacey Weinstein? I don't think he's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> That's his and another name. unknown fact: Did you know that Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein are actually related? Wow, I didn't know that. They are. They're related That's in the press true. right now. That's not true. They're related in the press, That's aren't what they? they? Larry, Larry, <laughs> Larry, hanging his head in shame. Larry Reading is his head your texts, getting back to the sports at hand. Of course, two eight eight zero six four four. Dan in Jamesville. Daniel, I've been a Buffalo Bills fan for 35 years and never see people dressed in Bills gear until yesterday. Do people put their Giants and Jets gear away and just put the Bills gear on now? 
No, I don't think so. I think uh, there's a, a resounding presence for the Buffalo Bills. Up yeah. There. I mean, listen, you know, when we talk about um, dynasties, I don't care whether they, they lost four in a row or they didn't win one or blah, blah. You have to mention, you know, the five or six of those guys uh, in, in the same breath as you mentioned Joe Montana, you know, John Elway. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, there you go, Larry. Bills, Thank you. Those four Super Bowl, those four consecutive Super Bowl teams, will never be done again. Not in my life. No, no one's going four years in a row. So but what do you do is, uh, thank you, Larry. Thank you. Uh, what do you do as, as a Giants fan? They're one in six. Well, you know, I mean, what do you do with any team that uh, you, you you hope that. Uh, they're going to rebuild, and you and you hope that they're going to. And that means if they're one and six, and let's say let's play the tape out, what are they going to be? Four and twelve this year, you know, mm-hmm. if they're lucky. So at four and twelve, can you come back and be nine and nine the next year? That's a, that's a pretty good advancement. Um, are they going to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years? What the bigger question is? What are they going to do with Eli Manning? Um, Eli is going to be forty, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think he probably wants to play one more year after this. I don't see him as being a guy that's going to sit on the bench, and I think it would be a shame unless they did what we talked about or what his brother did. You know, if they if they traded him to Seattle because Wilson gets hurt, kind of thing. You know, if they traded him to a team because they were going to make a legitimate Super Bowl run, he's a guy that's proven he can win Super Bowls, and that might be, uh, you know, a late minute feather in his cap. Um, but uh, I, I don't see him going anywhere else unless it's to a real contender. Uh, and this would be a year that they would do that in. This would be a year, you know, or, or early next year where they would let him go probably, you know, to let him play for a team. If they're going to be 4-12, and 12, is there any way for Eli to go out? This guy's won two Super Bowls. Yeah. He's a giant legend. Thank but, you uh, for the text, Dan and Jamesville. Yeah, thank you so much. And I think that it just proves that Buffalo Bills are New York's team. I mean, uh, you want a team, you go Bills. Listen. Go to the, uh, the 1923 original Buffalo Bills, and you'll see my namesake. My yeah, grandfather was on the original right. team, baby. Yeah, so I've right. been a Bills fan for a long, long time. Um, Andre Reed is a good, good friend of mine what, and one of the nicest guys you'll ever know. I'm about to, on the 1st, mm-hmm. I will be up at Jim Kelly's Hunting Lodge. <clears throat> oh, really? Where Kelly auctioned me off at his golf tournament to chef... Unbeknownst to a lot of people, the great one was a chef before I became an actor. What? That's a fact. So I will be... Uh, what are you going to cook? I, I can't really talk about You can't really disclose. It's very top secret. Oh. But I will tell you this. It is a five-course gourmet meal. Wow. That I believe they bid $20,000 to have me move. How, so, how often do you cook? Regularly? I, you cooking every night at the house? Most of the time. My yeah. wife doesn't... My wife does... Uh, she's a good cook. My yeah. Wife. Um, she's much more simple. I'm a tornado. I do mm-hmm. the big, you know. So when we have company over, I usually, you know, if, if we do a Thanksgiving, I do it all. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this is going to be, a, you know, multiple appetizers, um, five courses in the meal, and then a homemade dessert with Jamaica Blue Mountain and homemade sorbet. You know? What is the go-to Daniel Baldwin dish? If I had, if you had to make one dish, I am more French trained than mm-hmm. anything else. So, and uh, the French cuisine is uh, sauce, sauce heavy. Is mm-hmm. the the um, specialty behind French food are their thick sauces? Do you know why? No. Ah, Larry. Larry, do you know why did French food get the reputation of having those thick creamy Larry sauces? Has, Larry has no idea. It actually makes a lot of sense. It did not occur until after World War II that the French's 
the French chefs became an assistant or a saucier, had to work with them, because when the Germans occupied France, they took all the really, really good meat to feed their soldiers and their hierarchy. So the people that did have money had rancid meat, and they had to make sauces that were so thick and flavorful and pungent to mask the fact that the meat was bad. And that's how they became thick French sauce. That's why Larry wears so much cologne. That is why. Yes, yes, yes. To mask his rancid smell. It's very true. And and believe me, it's gotten better since they banned the spitball in Larry's family. It really (laughs) has. All right, we'll hit our last break. We'll come back, cover a couple quickie things. I know that we've got a... uh, Noster Daniel prediction and a couple of uh, different text lines saying Josh cooks five meals for himself. How dare you text that? No. How dare you? You're listening to the, Thank you, Larry. Now you chime in. You're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio Syracuse. Saturday, coming off the bye week, the Orange returned to Florida to battle Florida State in Tallahassee. Pre-game at 10. Catch Syracuse football all season long on TK99 at ESPN AM 1200. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin shows live on ESPN Radio Syracuse. I'm going to ask you something, Josh. Yeah. So, Syracuse football has a bye. Now, you mentioned something that I said. Well, what do they do? What are they? What are they? What are they doing in this bye week, particularly in the weekend when they would have been playing? And you mentioned that Coach Babers is doing recruiting. He's recruiting. I know that for sure. Wow. I don't know where, but I know that uh, his secretary had to. We had an interview with him, and he, he couldn't do it because he was on the road recruiting. But what does the team do? Is the question you well, were asking? Well, you know, so so I'm thinking to myself, Boston is not that far. If you're a player, are you shooting up to watch that game? Two teams you still have to play. One is that we is the following week after your mm-hmm. hiatus in, in Florida State. They're at Boston College. I'm in a car with my boys going to watch that game. For sure, I'm. Going. I would envision yes, they're watching the game, but I would envision the entire team is with the coaches watching the footage as it happens. You're seeing two teams that you've got coming up. What network is that on? BC, Florida State. I don't even know. I don't even know, but they would have had it. Or they would have had it immediately afterwards. Right. I'm sure that was recorded and watched well, yeah, on Yeah, loop. yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're going to scout it. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if they're at that game or not. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, thinking I'm going up to the game. You pack it up and you, you head out. I'm packing up and I'm heading out. I haven't seen anything about Eric Dungey. You were worried about him, but I haven't seen anything. I could have sworn when he came off the field late in the Miami game, he was holding his ribs like he had taken a couple shots. Nothing on him being hurt? Nothing. Are they, are they holding back? I'm sure they're not going to release it until they have to if he's hurt, but I, I mean, something would have come out by now. Well, I don't think it was a situation where he wasn't going to play, mm-hmm. but uh, he was banged up for sure. He took some heat, Miami. Yeah, nothing. I don't see anything. Took some heat. I don't see anything. I heard things. I do. Oh, I heard things, Joey. You never know. Why don't you tell me what happened at the Copa? You never know. Huh? I think huh? they go down to Florida State. I think it's a game that they could. Uh, looking at it now, I think it's a game they win. The great one will have a prediction. Well, leading up towards the game as we get closer. Yes, on huh? Friday the great one will most most definitely have. I look a prediction forward to that. I don't, I don't place any of my bets before I hear what the great one you has shouldn't. to say. And, and and the great one will have something for you this evening. Oh. Of course, I might have to hold out a little bit. I look I forward. Throw in another dart. Do you believe? <laughs> Ice hole is prepared. How's yours? Quatrains from the Great One. What is this? It's time for Nostra Daniel. On this Monday night, a bloodbath and fight. The victor, a thief, and a Kansas City chief. The Great One. Has spoken. The Great Mm. One has spoken. 
I believe that he, uh, he said the Kansas City Chiefs take the Broncos. Um, I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will take the Broncos, and I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will beat the Broncos by more than the six and a half, seven spread. Really? I do. I do. I Why that. is that? I believe that. Because they're at home? Uh, I think his name is Hunt, and I believe that he is going to run wild on the Denver Broncos at home. Wild. Is it Hunt? Is it Hunt that I'm taking for 140? Kareem Hunt, running back. Am I taking Kareem Hunt to run for over 120 yards? Ooh. Over 120 yards. I remember the great one. Spoken. That'd be his, that'd be his long, uh, the most yards he's had in a while. He had 87 against Oakland. He had 21 against the Steelers. 120. He runs wild. 120. Born to be wild. Wow. He's gone. I look I forward to it. I do. So let's go back really quick. Game six. Tomorrow night. Verlander. Mm-hmm. We'll be in here again to talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. I want you to think about something. Yeah. I really think that this is going to be one of those two-to-one nail-biter. I don't think it's going to be one of these crazy. It's going to end that way. You think that the uh, that the game tomorrow night... Verlander throws a three. It's going to be like a three. He's going to, And he's going to stay in now knowing he can end it. They're not going to pull him thinking he's, there is no tomorrow for him. Mm-hmm. So they're going to stick with him unless he got shelled. Yeah. They're going to stick with him for seven innings. I mean, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to keep him in there, at least six for sure. So he's their horse. He's the one that's been the most consistent on that team, even more than Kuchi. Ooh. So, so look for Verlander to throw for six plus, six and, and two-thirds at least, unless he's in trouble, maybe even seven. Yeah, they're going to stick with him. They don't have anybody in the pen. Their pen stinks. Their, their bullpen is terrible. He's rested. He's rested. He's ready. He's, He's poised. Rested. He's ready. And the great one has predicted. What time is that game tomorrow? I need to look up that game real quick. No, but they've had some of the most outlandish start times. At least they were 8.20, but during the playoffs, they were 8.09. 8.20. Yeah, they're all at 8.20. Everything's at 8.20. It's like being in L.A. You can be 75 miles from something, and they say, hey, it's like 20 minutes. Don't worry about it. Just turn over to 8.20 tomorrow. They're back out in Los Angeles. Two games remain. It's been flip-flopped, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, this is it. If they don't win, if the Astros, who I took to win the series, don't win tonight, there's no way they're going to win seven, I don't think. So tomorrow night, rather. Yeah, tomorrow night. So they've got to win game six. This is it. Tomorrow night. they got to uh, come in. they got to catch him with their best pitcher. That's my prediction. What do you think? I think... Larry? Uh, I th- Larry? Larry! Larry, I'd like to know what you think about game six. No. Larry, you going to be handing out candy to the kids tomorrow night, Larry? Lair, Necco wafers, no. It is Kevin's facey mask. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin. Oh, are you going to go as Kevin's facey? No. He's come on. <laughs> Larry, don't remember we talked about it. you blew it on the Halloween party for work. Oh. You can be in character. Yeah. <laughs> Replacing Larry for the rest of the season, Thomas Dickman. Tom. Tommy Dickman. <laughs> Tommy Dickman coming in short relief. <laughs> well, all right. You know how to get in touch anytime at Daniel Baldwin on Twitter, at K-Rock Josh on the Twitters. Of course, text line remains open, 315-288-0644. Uh, I'm looking at some texts that have come in, mostly people picking on me this week, calling me fat and stupid and Why and are they calling you these terrible things? Is this a hangover from the morning? No, I don't know. This is a different text line number. And then Daniel Baldwin, what's it like to hang out with Josh? Oh, what is it like to hang out with me? Well, let me tell you something. Hanging around with Josh. First of all, when I would come to town and I'd be promoting something, I would always make sure. And and believe me, when I would call in, 
I'm no big number for this guy. You know, I call up and I get, you know, well, I don't know, maybe we could squeeze you in on Wednesday. You know, I got Spacey on Thursday. Oh, again. I, yeah, I've canceled you know, so, my Spacey interviews. So, so, well, Spacey's, you know, he's, he's unavailable. Yeah, right now. Um, Halloween's coming right around yeah. the corner. You're right. <laughs> He's going to be busy. I've got Larry Dickman uh, coming in tomorrow. I can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been bumped for Larry. Yeah. I've been bumped for Larry once. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So, so no, but uh, uh, hanging around with Josh, I think the interesting dynamic is uh, we have uh, similar senses of humor, hmm. uh, and I think uh, uh, he knows little or nothing about sports. Thank and you. I know, <laughs> and I lo- know little or nothing about radio or anything to do with rock and roll except for the bands I listen to. Uh, <laughs> but we do know about people. So, um, you know, when, when you, th- the great thing is when you throw something over to Josh, he doesn't hesitate for a second. He's got to come back. He's in the game. He follows what's going on or vice versa. He suddenly starts talking about Larry Dickman, who I have no clue anything to do with Larry. <laughs> and, 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 and nor do I know about producing a radio show. Mm. And yet the microphone sits before us and we fill it with fun things that, you know, it's a different show. It's a different for what ESPN normally does. I love it. So, uh, and three I th- people have no, no right to be in here. I think <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, there's right. no, bl- thank yeah, you, Larry. if they don't, if they don't have, you know, it's like, uh, I just did a, uh, the cover of a magazine here mm-hmm. at Upstate New York, and the guy said, okay, so you know, I've got a couple ideas for you to pose, and I, I was so nervous. I mean, I've done 137 movies, mm-hmm. I think, now in my career. If I can move and talk, I'm fine. Ask me to stand still and not have to do anything and just smile. I was paralyzed. I was I'm not a model, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what to do, and I'm looking at the shots as he's showing me, you know, the the negatives and or rather the uh, um, the screen because he shot it in digital, and I'm going, that looks terrible. Do I really look like that? And he's like, eh, that's you in the lens, there, big guy. You know, I'm like, okay, well, can we do something different that doesn't look like that? Yeah, I'm very awkward taking pictures. It's all right. So. I like it though. Daniel Baldwin will be back tomorrow. I'm very excited. See you tomorrow. You know how to get involved at ESPN Syracuse. Brent Axe is up next. It's been the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse.